Hello fellow adventurers and welcome to the Nerd Lab, where we transform our gaming passion into incredible game designs and learn how to nerd like a boss. My name is Marvin and I'm an ambitious game designer on my quest to develop a cooperative fantasy card game. And for this podcast, my vision is to take you with me on this exciting journey. Together we will explore the secrets of different game mechanics and reach the next level as a game designer. Today I am going to take a deeper look at the new magic set called Kaltheim. And um, yeah, it has been released a few days ago and it comes with some new and interesting mechanics and strategies and I want to look at the set from a from a game designer's perspective a little bit. Um, I have done that before and I think it's a valuable lesson because at Wizards over there a lot of very talented game designers work on these new sets and they always try to push the boundaries of um, the core rules of magic and I think they do a very good job at inventing new keywords and mechanics and new play styles and yeah what I want to do is uh, take a look at what they did with with the new set and um, yeah try to learn something we can use for our own game designs and the the core of the session today or the the show today is about let's say the combination of visible and hidden information in games. So even if you have no clue about magic and its rules, I think there is also something in this session today for you because um, hidden and uh, visible information is um, yeah, it's relevant for many or even most games and um, having both aspects in your game or in a set of magic uh, can really uh, do a lot of good things for your game. And I want to talk a little bit today about uh, how Magic achieves that with their new mechanics, Boast and Foretell. But before we start, let me give you a short disclaimer because um, this episode is not so much about, let's say, giving strategic advice to Magic players, for example, about the set, how to play it, how to win. Um, I only played uh, a little bit of the of the set, and I I don't feel confident to give any advice here, and that's actually not the purpose of this uh, podcast episode. The purpose is more to um, yeah dive into the mechanics and explore where they add new elements to the game and what we can learn from them as as game designers. And while I will be talking about hidden information, this is also only one aspect of hidden information that I will tackle today. So I will, for example, not go into um, hidden information from a perspective of um, kind of, let's say, um, a traitor game like uh, Battlestar Galactica or Secret Hitler or something like that, um, where... Um, that heavily rely on hidden information. Those kind of games wouldn't work without hidden information. I want to look a little bit more on this aspect of hidden information from a, let's say, nice-to-have perspective in a game, it, where it uh, adds something on top, but it's probably not the uh, the core of the game. So with that said, so let's start with the, um, with the episode. So Kaltheim is the new magic set. And... Um, from a thematic point of view, 
it plays in a um, North mythology inspired world, which is called Kaldheim. And it's very much about um, Vikings, uh, snow, icy um, world, and um, has a very uh, big portion of lore and, uh, yeah, mythology in it. And what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about um, North mythology? Yeah, it's Vikings that are kind of uh, fearless warriors, um, berserkers trying to achieve greatness in battle to yeah, yeah to earn their spot in Valhalla. And um, the first uh, mechanic or keyword that I would like to talk about is the boast mechanic. And that is especially about those fearless warriors. Um, and um, the boast ability is some kind of activated ability. So you need to spend some mana um, to activate it. And um, you can only activate it once per turn. And only if that uh, creature where the keyword is printed on has attacked that turn. So it rewards you for being uh, playing an aggressive strategy. And um, yeah, is some kind of uh, combat mechanic, I would call it. And um, the interesting thing about it is that it is printed on the cards. So it is always visible to the opponent what you could activate. And in Magic, we call that the threat of activation. That means even if you don't activate it when you attack, um, you could have. And that determines how the opponent will likely um, choose their blockers or the kind of spells that they play. Um, and that is a um, that threat of activation is always something you need to consider when you evaluate a card, um, because it is um, something that yeah goes a little bit beyond the pure value of the card that you can see on the spot. Because um, when I think about boast, um, it pretty much goes into an aggressive strategy because you need to attack and you always want to attack and activate the the boast ability, but. Um, that is also a little bit, yeah, kind of a dilemma for for a, a, an aggressive strategy because when you play an aggressive strategy in Magic, you also want to develop your board presence. That means you want to play a creature after creature after creature and develop your board to keep up the pressure on your opponent. But if you need to spend your, your sparse resources, your mana, to um, activate that boast ability when you attack, that means that you won't have a, a lot of mana left to develop your board with new creatures. So um, it's some kind of trade-off you, you need to make as a player. And um, I found that um, interesting because trade-offs are always interesting. But I also think it could be a bit of a problem for that, uh, for that keyword, for that mechanic, that it is not... Nothing like a, a full-out strategy you go for. So it's not like you're playing the boast deck or so. I would say you are playing the um, the aggressive strategy um, and you're using the boast ability from time to time to get a nice effect to um, to use mana that is, um, is probably uh, free. You couldn't have use, used it otherwise. Um, but I still think that the... Um, the core of the uh, of your strategy will be to develop your board as much as possible and overwhelm your opponent. Um, 
but that is where the threat of activation comes in. So um, the good thing is you can attack and let's say you have a boast ability that would give your creature a plus one plus one token. That could totally change the outcome of the um, of the, um, the the fight between two creatures and uh, might impact how your opponent is going to block. And um, that threat that if the opponent blocks, you activate it, and if not, you then uh, just play another creature and develop your board. That is pretty much how I think you need to evaluate that um, that boast mechanics uh, as a player. From a design perspective, I think it also adds uh, interesting um, interesting design space, of course, because uh, it. Um, allows you to create cards for a specific strategy. Um, those cards <laughs> really can only be used in, an, in a strategy that wants to attack. Um, you, no, you will probably not print it on a very defensive card. And um, that is something that can be helpful to have some kind of um, uh, focus or let's say template or framework to de to design those cards you say okay these are my my is this is my aggressive strategy for this for this um for this game or for this uh, expansion and i give this strategy uh, a single keyword and play around with that if we look at the boast keyword from a um, perspective of visible and hidden information it is pretty much uh, in your face <laughs> what the uh, creature can do so let me give you a few examples there is the the gold more champion for example that had the boast ability uh, for two mana to to tap target creature so when it attacks it can be activated and uh, tap an opposing creature though that they, it cannot be cannot block um, there are also a lot of creatures that can um, increase their their power when they attack, like the Fearless Pup uh, that can get plus two plus zero when it attacks and the boast ability is triggered, or um, the um, Battle uh, Shield Warrior that can um, give you all of your creatures plus one plus one until end of turn um, when it attacks and the boast ability is used. So um, there are a lot of... Uh, Abilities that affect the 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 combat, that make it uh, yeah more complicated for your opponent to block because of that threat of activation. But it's all visible; it's in your face. Here, opponent, this is what I can do. Deal with it. Um, and uh, there are also some boast abilities that are more on the utility side of things i would say like the uh, tuskery firewalker that uh, lets you for example when it attacks exile the top card of your library and you um, may play that card this turn so it gives you more of a additional choices what to what to play and look for certain cards and now come the other side of the coin the the other new keyword or mechanic in the game is called foretell from a thematic point of view that means um, mythology of predicting things, soothing, and kind of uh, sagas that people have, have heard about. If we look at it from a mechanical point of view, it says that anytime during your turn, you can pay two mana to exile a card with foretell face down. Um, and then on a future turn, you can cast that, cast that card uh, from, from that uh, face down pile 
um, for paying uh, the foretell cost, which is printed on the card uh, next to the keyword, um, rather than paying its normal mana cost. It's a bit like planning ahead what kind of spells you need in which turn and um, yeah, setting them aside to, um, yeah, to use them uh, whenever you need them. The biggest advantage probably is that you can split the mana cost. So typically a card that um, has foretell can be played, let I, I make up an example here, can be played for uh, four mana in a regular way without foretell. But you could also foretell it for two and then later play it and get, get the effect for, um, for another two mana. So it, in that case it doesn't get cheaper, but you split the mana cost on several turns, um, making you more flexible to double spell and stuff like that. I have to say I really like foretell. Um, and it is, to be honest, one of the more um, innovative mechanics that um, they have been coming up in the last couple of sets or year, even years um, it is uh, feeling fresh and um, it's interesting to play with the, those cards and i tell you why um, first thing that is just a little a tiny a tiny thing to remember is um, when you foretell a card it's out of your hand that means um, there's typically no way that your opponent can interact with that card so um, it is protected from discard effects for example um, that can can definitely be um, be important, but it's only the minor aspect of this mechanic. But what I really really like about it is that it, at least that's what I imagine, is that it will make the game more synergistic. And I love the synergistic games. Um, and here is why I think it does. Um, it reduces the mana cost of uh, certain cards. Um, because you can split them into several uh, into several turns, and that allows you to combine more different spells in one turn, which for me is uh, the opening door for synergy. So if you have two cards that cost four mana, you will probably not be able to combine those cards very often because you will have to wait until you have eight mana, which is quite a lot. And um, let's say you can foretell one of those cards so that its foretell cost is only two or maybe even one. That means um, you can play that, uh, that combination of cards in, uh, when you have six mana or five mana. Um, so I think double spelling or even triple spelling per turn uh, comes up more often, which will um, yeah, create more synergy and... Um, interesting turns because you you really can set things up and plan ahead um, so that you want to combine those cards in the future um, and uh, set up these great uh, devastating turns for your opponent that is kind of strategy building and those cards really support that um, i like it and um, i think it's a great new mechanic and um that is also how magic is able to create a lot of new, a lot of new spells. Because um, with foretell, they create some kind of new area in the game that has not been there before. That means uh, foretell is something that they can now refer to, and um, they have created a lot of uh, plenty of cards that say um, when you uh, play a card. Uh, with foretell or when you play a card from somewhere else than your hand um, by 
um, having this foretell pile, let's call it like that, um, you also have something you can um, you can reference on other cards, giving you new design space. Um, for example, you can reference it by saying each card with foretell costs one less to uh, to play, or something like that. So um, that's always how they are able to create this uh, uh, a new amount of, uh, of of new cards by bending the rules that they have and creating new keywords that they can then reference on other cards. Um, yeah, but what I really like about it is that the information is um, is hidden. And um, this, for me, always creates a certain degree of unpredictability. Um, and this is something that you often find in luck-based games. Um, but it removes a little bit of the frustra frustration from pure luck. Um, I mean, I don't know what's underneath your face-down foretell for card. But if I played the game quite a bit um, or looked through the spoiler list of the cards, um, I might have a clue which kind of card it could have been because um, um, of the colors you play... Um, and of the rarity of the cards, so some of the foretell cards will be more. Uh, will you see? You will see them more often than others because they are common, and the others are uh, rare. And um, that can help you as an opponent to predict what is underneath those cards, and that uh, will will uh, impact your your kind of reactions. And this is the. Uh, kind of hidden information that I really, really like that gives you at least a good shot at what could be underneath it, but you don't know for sure. So you have to plan into, into certain different directions. It could be this, it could be that. And um, I will give you a very good example of one card. Um, uh, I don't have it in front of me, though I will probably make a mistake by referencing it, but, but that's fine. Um, it is a black card. Um, it costs four mana, and you. It is a creature. It has three power and two toughness, and uh, you can um, play it with flash. That means you can um, play it whenever you could play an instant. So even in your opponent's turn, you you are able to play that creature. Um, but it can be foretold um, uh, for two mana, and then played for two uh, mana later on. And um, it hasn't comes into play effect, and that's the interesting part about it. You can forget the other stuff. Um, the interesting part is that it kills a creature that has been dealt damage this turn. Um, and that means if I know... And it's a common card. So if you play Plague, because it's a black card, and you have one card in, uh, uh, in the foretell pile, and you attack me, with your creatures. Let's say it's a 1-1 one, one creature attacking into my 5-5 five, five creature. And I am really considering if I want to block that creature or not. Because if I do, you could have that foretell card and my creature would die even if it's uh, way bigger and way more important than your 1-1 one, one creature. And these kind of uh, strategic decisions... Uh, are the decisions I really, really like. And you can get them by adding hidden information to your game, but make the possibilities, what could be underneath those hidden information, kind of limited and um, give players the ability to, over time, to learn what, what it could be. Um, the same is 
pretty much true for, for a draft, for example. Um, uh, like in Carnival of Monsters, where you um, give around those cards, like in a usual draft, you hand it to the left and to the right, and um, those cards that you, um, that you um, give to your, to your neighbor, they also include quest cards. Um, that could define the entire strategy of your um, of your opponent, and <laughs> this information is kind of visible and hidden as well because you have seen the card, but you are not sure if your left neighbor took the card or maybe the right neighbor took the part uh, the card or maybe it was even uh, in an, by some kind of mechanic sorted out of the pile and you don't know if any of those took the card, but uh, you then have that data point in your mind that this kind of hidden information card could be could be part of the game and you have to consider it in your future decision-making processes. And that is um, something I really like and I think Fortel does a great job at, um, at adding this element to, um, to Magic. Pretty much um, if you played with Morph ability before in Magic, that does uh, the, the same thing but limits it a little bit to, um, to the combat of the game not all not only but uh, yeah uh, since it is only on creatures however i think um foretell is a great mechanic um and i really like to explore it more when i um, when i play around with it um and but magic would not be magic if they wouldn't try to uh yeah, combine it with other stuff in their in their set so they're typically pretty good at um making uh, different sub strategies and sub themes in in sets that uh, those core mechanics can be used in different ways, um, and they have a little um, kind of mechanic that I have uh, also seen. It's not on so many cards, but it, it's on some cards that it makes uh, that it has an impact, and that's a. Uh, um, ability they 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 also identified that foretell is good for double spelling in a turn because it reduces the mana cost of your bigger uh, spells and um that uh, was probably the reason why they also added this sub theme of double spelling so there are a lot of cards in the set that say when you play your second spell this turn then i don't know this creature gets a plus 1 plus 1 token or uh, something else happens um and also some cards say when you play this card as your second spell this turn, then, I don't know, it enters the battlefield with two plus one plus one counters or so. And um, by adding this element to the game, they really um, yeah, use this new uh, strategic thinking that you need to make of how to combine your spells in future turns um, by um, yeah, adding a su supportive supportive sub-theme I would call it and that is something that they always do pretty pretty good uh, which I think is uh, something other games can really learn from because they are not not so one-dimensional um, all the time they often have different dimension in which you can explore and use those um, those keywords and abilities what I mean by that when it comes to foretell is that it is actually kind of a a controlling mechanic for the game plan that you win in the long run and not with an acro deck um, but uh, a lot of the um, 
because it allows you to play those uh, stronger spells, you plan ahead, future turns, and find of, try to um, foretell answers that you to all possible threats in the future, though that you can um, answer your opponent's threat and then overwhelm them later with your stronger creatures, for example. But um, those uh, cards that reward you for double spelling, they are often <laughs> more in the aggressive uh, decks. So that means that Fortel is also helpful for the aggressive decks because it allows you to, um, I don't know, uh, Fortel a card, then in the next turn play that card for a cheaper mana cost and combine it with the one or two uh, mana cost creature um, to get the double spell bonus, which is actually kind of a valid strategy for the for the acro decks. Um, and I think that is... That is a, create from a design perspective that they have been able to um, create this kind of uh, mechanic that is useful for both uh, for both worlds and um, yeah the last the last aspect of the set i want to talk about is also about something about visible information so we have the the boost ability that is pretty much directly into your face this is what i can do deal with it and then we have the foretell mechanic that is more like the the sneaky hidden uh, information uh, keyword that uh, yeah asks you to um, to guess what I could have and play around certain um, certain possibilities. And um, a third aspect in that uh, area are saga cards. They have been used before. Um, they are not new, but they um, return in this uh, Kaltheim set. Um, and um, they are pretty much like uh, enchantment cards. So they are, these are cards you play, they stay in the, uh, in the game, but they aren't creature. They cannot attack or block for you. So they have an, have a, um, uh, an effect one, while they are in play. And um, compared to um, normal enchantments, which have a um, permanent effect while they are on the battlefield, those sagas have kind of temporary effects um, over uh, a number of turns, so typically three effects. Um, that uh, the first one happens when you play the card immediately, and the second and third one happen in your upcoming turns. It can also be four or so. The number is not fixed, but typically there are three effects. Um, so in in three turns, um, those cards kind of tell a story that starts with an effect in the first turn, another one in the second, and the third, in, uh, in the third effect in the third turn. And that's also, uh, it's completely visible information. It tells the opponent exactly um, how your plan for the next three turns is, actually. So um, it's completely in your face. Here is what I'm going to do, what I'm trying to achieve. Um, because most of the time those effects really uh, build on each other for example the first effect creates an creates an angel creature token and the second effect um allows those uh, your angel creatures to to do something um uh, pretty strong like destroying a creature or so and um that means your opponent you your opponent has the chance of one turn to react to that. Um, for example, by killing your angel and then the second effect doesn't have any effect if you have no other angels. Yeah, And um, so it's pretty much like, this is my strategy, deal with it, can you, re can you solve it or not? And what I really enjoyed by playing um, Kaltheim is this mix of um, pretty clear strategies um, that are absolutely obvious, 
combined with those hidden information and hidden agendas that I have to think around and combine those. Um, so um, yeah, that could be, let's say you have this pretty obvious angel tactic, but you have a counterspell um, in your foretell area. That means when even when your opponent tries to kill your creature, you can counter it then. And um, by by having those two effects to the game, uh, I don't know, it really triggered something in me as a player. I really liked it. And um, it was the first time it was so obvious to me that um, the combination of hidden and visible information is something you can really you can really use and play, play around with in your games. Um, and um, yeah, I really, I really think... Um, card games could use hidden information um, more than, than, than they do, at least some of them. But to be honest, <laughs> most of the card games are about hidden information on the other hand. Yeah? I mean, uh, if you just have a hand of cards, they are hidden information. And um, so what I mean is you can use hidden information um, in another way than just having cards um, in your hand. So more like on the battlefield or so, cards could be could be flipped around and stuff like that. So that's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about um, about today in the show. I love this hidden information. I love the um, the guessing aspect of it. I like the the puzzling um, of putting these different strategies together and possibly exploring these different uh, possible outcomes and anticipating future turns and then see whether I guessed correctly or not and my uh, complete tactic uh, falls apart, for example. So before we close today, I wanted to mention that there will be another playtesting event, um, a NerdLab playtesting event happening next Sunday, uh, February the 7th. So if you want to join, please visit us on our Discord server. The um, the link, invita the invitational link is uh, in the show notes. Uh, click on it and we will help you there to register for the event, um, no matter if you want to... Um, want to playtest your own game um, even if it's just a just an idea you can discuss the idea with other game designers or um, if it is if you want to play uh, as a player and just see what other players uh, uh, game designers are working with and um, give your feedback and probably learn a little bit from them as well um, in the process Mindbug will also be um, playable that's my game that I'm currently playing um, uh, preparing for uh, for publication this year so if you want to play that you can also just uh, visit us on sunday and uh, register for playing uh, mindbug i would really really appreciate your feedback and um, would love to see you there so until next week keep shooting for the moon and nerd like a boss goodbye